blessed Savior in time. When with all the heavenly host we begin to sing, singing in the Holy Ghost, how the heavens will ring. Millions there will join the song, change with them to be. Savior, let's sing that chorus one more time. Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shout. Oh, what glory. In the sky. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Let's sing the song moments like these y'all just help me sing uh, I got a little pain right here on my side right now so I'll just, I'll just pray for me <clears throat> in moments like these I sing out a song I sing out a love song Jesus, moments like these, I lift up my hands, I lift up my hands to the Lord, singing,
Amen. Sing that again without the instrument. Singing out. Singing I love you, Lord. Singing I love you, Lord. Instruments now. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, Well, 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the comforter. Amen. Amen. Uh, is Morty, Morty back there? Morty, come and help us take up our offering. Praise the Lord. Offering. Bless for the word. Thank you for this blessing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have a burning heart, I mean a burning song on your heart, you're more than welcome to come and sing. The person that was supposed to sing a special today is not here, so so you just stop me and say, Brother Luis, I got a burning song. Look at that. Michael's got a burning song on his heart. Come on, Michael. <laughs> God bless you all. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. Your voice is calling me out. And right now. I know you're able, and my God will come through again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail, because you've never lost a battle no, you've never lost a battle, and I know, I know you never will. Everything's possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone. Taking over like it's Jericho And my walls are all crashing down Right now I know you're able And my God will come through again Cause you can do all things Yes, you can do all things but fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will you can do all things. Yes, you can do all things but fail. 
Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. And I know, I know you never will. What a wonderful thing it is to know that he's never lost a battle. Amen. You're a winner. The winner is always dwelling in you. That makes you a winner. Amen. Praise God. I'm not ready for the word. Let's stand to our feet. Let's just sing this song at the cross. Alas, in Savior bleed. Sovereign die. Oh, that sacred head for such a man as I. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart. It was there by faith. I receive my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for Christ that I have on the tree? Where I first saw the light And the rollings of my heart Rolled away It was there by faith Happy all the day Well, might the sun And shine His glories in I'm happy. 
happy all the day. Amen. You remember that time? If you don't, I adjure you. You need to know that time. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. Wow. We got a lot of burdens, but I want some of them to roll away. Amen. And we'll let the Lord do it for us. Good to be back in the house of the Lord. Good to have each and every one of you back with us. Good to be alive and be well and be a Christian. You know, you, you walk through the world and and rub shoulders with the world. And you're out there with them and you hear what's going on out there. Well, I know it affects us here because of our life. But, man, if you didn't have any hope, if you didn't have any hope, if you couldn't, if you couldn't stand back and say, God, if I didn't have you, if I didn't have you, I got I got problems, but I got you. I, problems and him's not bad. Problems and not him, bad. Amen. So it's okay to uh, uh, to have problems, but but it, it's better to have him and know, as we were talking about this morning, know that you know that you know, know that there's something percolating in your life. There's something that's bubbling up, you know, like. Uh, uh, like Brother Brown was talking about this, the the uh, little spring, you know. Well, well, do you do it for this? He said, no. He said, don't do it for anything. Do you do it for No, I don't do it for the deer. I don't do it for that. He said, there's just something inside that pushes me up out of the earth and keeps me pushing up and keeps me pushing up. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Remember, <clears throat> if anybody wants to go to Ruth with us, Thursday and Friday we'll be there uh, for service. If none of you went, I know a lot of time, uh, several years we have... Uh, went on Friday together. It's, it's really an experience to go and, and you get to meet brothers and sisters from foreign countries and um, you get to, uh, uh, as a church, we give money, but you can give money individually if you want to for certain needs that go up on the screen and it uh, helps you to um, kind of see that part of the world, you know, see their, their part. I know a lot of us, some of us that went overseas and we're able to see that. But the ones that live it, they live it every day over there. They're sincere in what they do. So we're going to be there. Brother Keith Reed's coming back with us on Saturday morning. We'll have 5 to 6 o'clock. We'll have a prayer meeting. And then from 6 to 8, we'll have questions and answers. Already got a few good ones that we'll try to to talk about uh, here at the church. So we appreciate if you come and be with us. Uh, also, next Sunday will be Brother Keith will be speaking for us. Both services, we will have communion, and then we will have, and foot washing, and then we will have a um, anniversary party. Uh, the right after all that, we'll have an anniversary party for Mom and Dad. Be their 65th wedding anniversary on Monday, actually. So keep that in prayer. Also, August 12th and 13th. I know Brother Ryan's. Um, mention this but we're going to keep mentioning it that brother jason is going to be here at six o'clock on saturday evening and then we'll have one service on sunday um brother jason will be with us that time and also keep keep this in the back of your mind that brother andrew glover will be here next month in september be the third saturday and that'll be our final youth service for 
the year. We won't have any during October because there's so much going on and a lot of things that um, that were well, we got scheduled. So we'll just have that in in, in September, <clears throat> and then hopefully we'll start again in January. And, and I like to get Brother uh, Darrell Ward here, and he kind of gets the the year started out right so uh, he's been doing it for the past couple of years so we may see if we can get him to do that so just keep these things in prayer and i know we all have things that we that we deal with and and um, that we're praying about um we look on whatsapp and see you know sister frida and different ones and mom and dad we just keep them all in prayer that's why they're put there so we can so we can enter in and we can pray for them and uh and really try to enter in the, 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 you know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right. So let's bow our heads. Lord, we appreciate today. We appreciate your people. We appreciate this time that we have to come, Lord, that we can open back the pages of the word of God. And that we truly live under an open book to where anything and everything is available for your people. Lord, if we'll just reach out and take it, Father, well, I pray today, Lord, that we'll reach out and take it, that, Lord, we'll, we'll not be dilatory or, or, or sleepy or may take all that away, Lord, and may we listen to you just for a little while, Lord. I ask you to be with us, Lord, in the furtherment of this service. Be with the ones that are sick. Be with the ones that are coming from the foreign fields, Lord. Be with each one of us, Lord. We ask you to take care of us. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And also, I, I I posted on WhatsApp yesterday, uh, Sister June and I, Brother Jason Jackson is actually preaching at Brother Luke Gibson's, and I hadn't been Brother Luke's in a long time, and I, I think we're going to run up there this, after the service is over and be with them, with Brother Jason Jackson. That's where the Trobs are today. They are up there and, and uh, fellowshipping with them. So uh, we'll, if anybody wants to go, you can follow us up. It's about an hour drive from here, and um, they start at 6 o'clock, so... If I won't be so long-winded, maybe we'll have enough time. So, Son of Man, part 123. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 3, verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that word see means what? Understand. Because remember he told the disciples, he said, the world will see me no more, but you'll see me. You'll see me because I'll be with you even in you to the end of the age. You may be seated in the Lord at his blessing to the reading of the word. And then Nicodemus, you know, looking back in the Old Testament, Nicodemus is like, how can a man be born when he's old? How can I enter back into my mother's womb and be born? And, and Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And we were talking about this this morning. That's extremely important that we do it right. It's extremely important that we do. We, we go through justification and we go through sanctification and we go through the baptism of the Holy Ghost because you can just, you can get born again in one, in one sitting. It's happened. Oh, uh, look at the, but now you take people like on the day of Pentecost, you say, well, they just, the Holy Ghost fell on those people on the day of Pentecost and poof, they just got the new birth. But now remember, <coughs> they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. They walked with the word. The word was justifying them. The word was telling them, I'm coming. 
Hang on a little bit. This is not what you're going to get. You're going to get the promise. We'll read it in just a minute. Right before he left, he laid it out. He told him, he said, go to Jerusalem. And you'll be endued with power from on high. Go there and wait and tarry. All right, so he told them where to go, where to wait, and that he was coming back. And, of course, they the next question they asked him, they said, well, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They thought he was still going to stay there. But, see, they didn't understand. But on the day of Pentecost, you know, they had a moment to where they're like, oh, man, this is what he was talking about. This is when the Holy Ghost is going to come inside and then do the work. And we see what happened to him in the early church ages. That's why that Brother Branham, <clears throat> and I got it way over in the... Um, where it gets up there to the Holy Spirit. But Brother Brown tells us, he says, you know, the, the Malachi 4 has got to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Well, we're talking about what the fathers are doing now. What they were doing, the faith of the fathers, all right, taking the babbling Pentecostal babies that had lost their first love, that had went through six church ages, basically, and had the word had been eaten down by man's creeds and man's ideas, and it was not of any effect. As it was in the first church age. So that's why Brother Brown had a call back. Malachi had to call us back. That prophet called us back to those fathers to give us a chance to get the headstone back. Because the headstone, we'll read it. Maybe it'll be next, be Wednesday night probably. I want to continue on before Brother Keith gets here. But um, the headstone was rejected. Why was it rejected? It had no power. Because the people took the power away from it. The people. Satan really, Satan wanted to kill Jesus, sure. He did, through the people. But he's wanting to kill him again by killing his influence, and that's what he done. Because he told him in the first church age, you've lost your first love. I mean, right there at the beginning. And listen, they were a powerful church. They had the Holy Ghost working in their life. That silver and gold have I none. They walked in, you know, somebody lied against the Holy Ghost, they fell dead. We want that around? Well, we're going to get it because the Bible promises we'd have an Ananias and Sapphire again. So it's going to happen all over again. Bible even tells us there'll be a time when the sinner can't even sit here. It's hard for some to sit here anyway. Get to squirming and all those kind of things. Walk out the door and don't come back and all that other stuff. So, But Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So what is the entrance to the kingdom? It is by the new birth. By Jesus Christ. No other way, not by William Branham. Everybody with me? He didn't come to preach us a new gospel. He didn't come to give us a different Bible. He didn't come to give us a different way to get born again. But yet he's the most misunderstood as far as being born again because they said he taught it several different ways. Well, he never did. He always kept it exactly the way it was supposed to be. He always, you know, you hear people, they, they have that little point or angle that, that Brother Brown changed a lot in 1963 after the seals broke. Well, the only thing he changed was is the things that he got wrong before, he corrected them after. He didn't change the way you got born again. They say he he changed the way, and now it's just you just you know just boom realize who you are, you know. No, praise God on the future home, Brother Branham said. Now this was after the seals broke, and this was toward the end of his life. He said, "I've preached the same message of justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost." He showed it all the way through the future home. Showed us how we went through it, and showed us how the world had to go through it. 
All right, so he didn't change. The people changed his idea. Just like they have now, they've changed it to everything in the world. But there is a truth somewhere, and I hope you find it. I hope I find it. I'm praying that I'm going to find it. I believe we found it, but that's for you to decide. All right? Brother Bailey, I'm saying to you, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Look, he said, marvel not. not. Come on, Nicodemus. You're the teacher of Israel, and you can't understand this. Why he didn't understand it? He didn't have the new birth. He had a Old Testament idea. All right? That's some of our problems now. We've got people with Old Testament ideas. Whoops. Acts 19, verse 1, said he came to pass it while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, the messenger to the church age, passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Now, he didn't just find them. He was watching. He was listening to them preach. Because he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, believe what? He had to be able to listen to what they were saying. He knew there was something missing because they were preaching John's gospel. Well, John's gospel was fine during John's age, but John's gospel, the door closed. He was to introduce the Messiah not to have a ministry. He was a messenger, but he wasn't a church age messenger. He was to introduce the head. That was his job, nothing else. Then you come now to where you see that the disciples, Paul, Peter, James, John, they have the word of God for the hour. And they're preaching. And then here's Paul with the word, with the message of the hour. And he's listening to them preach. And he says, there's something missing here. Y'all received the Holy Ghost since you believe. And obviously they answered his question. They said, we don't know what you're talking about. And that's, probably, that's basically what the people, when the message of the hour came on the scene, even with Brother Branham, they, it had all been eroded so much to where they thought it was just a baptism, or as we read this morning, it's just shaking of hands, or it's, or it's you know, shouting or speaking. You know I mean? He comes among the Pentecostals, and I know they, li- they loved him for a, de- a time, but when he told them, he said, look, he said, speaking in tongues is not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Buddy, they didn't like him no more. Because that's what they built their whole doctrine on. Their whole doctrine was built on you. Speaking tongues, you got the Holy Ghost. Brother Brown told him, he said, that's not true. He taught him the correct baptism, the way to get baptized, not just only in, in, in the name of the Lord Jesus, but how to get the Holy Spirit baptism. All right. Now, listen, I'd rather have the Holy Ghost baptism right than my other baptism right. If I get my Holy Ghost baptism right, I will go get the other one right. All right? So everything's connected together. <clears throat> so Brother Brown was talking about that Jesus' first doctrine, and we'll try to fly through this, was you must be born again. Now, why was it you must be born again? Because he was the one who was going to birth them. And if they didn't understand him, which they didn't, and he knew they wasn't going to. It's like Brother Ryan, you know, he stands there and he says, you're not going to get this. It's not for you. He knew that the word was going forth. He knew that the, that the anointing was going out and it was not hitting anything. During that whole week of the seals, he was throwing, he was throwing the, the most perfect message that had ever been pre- preached. The seals were being opened and they're just, you know, sitting there. So he said, you're not getting it. It's not for you. Sometimes messages are preached, and you wonder who it's for. Right. 
Is it my turn, Lord? Must not have been. It must have been Brother George's turn. Because he really needed it. Yeah, who made you God? <coughs> yeah, that was for Sister Regina. And we find out that, that... I got you. We find out there's so many different meanings that people put to it. Nearly all churches say... You must be born again, all right? So every church, even every message church, knows you got to get born again. But their way of getting born again versus other ways of getting born again, sometimes they're not the same, all right? This church here believes that you need to be justified. You need to be sanctified, and you need to be all those two to get the new birth, not just the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but the new birth, all right? Be careful with your terminology because remember, I'll read you a quote later, later on down the road. Brother Brown said, you can have the Holy Ghost on your spirit every day of your life and die and go to hell. Okay? On your spirit realm. He never said if you had the new birth. See, John didn't get the new birth. John had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He had an anointing. Elizabeth had an anointing. All right? That's hard to explain to people too. Because listen, the Holy Ghost was not given to any one soul. I'm even talking about the woman at the well. The woman at the well, Brother Brown, said there was eternal life and it sprang up. I know those quotes, but you got to remember, she couldn't get the Holy Ghost in her soul before the disciples. There's no way. Potentially, yes. Because remember, Jesus, before he died, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Brown said they did not receive it right then. He said that was a promise that they were going to receive it. Because that Holy Ghost, listen, that Holy Ghost was bottled up inside of that man. And it could not get out until they killed him. To release the life to come back on me and you. Everybody with me on that. Amen. That's the meaning of being born again. It's that life. Coming inside of me, not on me, and changing my life. <clears throat> so the Methodists, and everybody's got a different way. But we know one thing's for sure. We believe that you've got to be justified. As we were talking about this morning, we've got to be sanctified. And then we've got to come to the new birth where there is a new creature, a new creation. All right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All right? Like I said this morning, the whole problem is, is when we, when we get into trouble, we want God to change our, our, you know, around here. We'll start with this guy first. That's not, yeah, well, I want, I want, listen, I want a good wife and I want a good job. <clears throat> you ought to be born again. <laughs> That's a good not much, not you ought to be, as you must. If you'll start with getting born again, God will help you with all that other stuff. All right? So like I said before, quit trying to do that. Quit trying to change your world. Get changed yourself. Get a new attitude, a new thought. Get a, get a, get a fire going inside there. All right? Get something that you say, man, this is different. I had lived this around this message for years. Grew up in it. Nine years old, eight years old, all the way up to 18 years old. Knew it like the back of my hand. Believed in serpent seed. I knew that. Was, I knew my, my problem was at 18 years old. Is everybody with me? 
And I knew about marriage and divorce, and I knew about all those other things. But I was as lost as a goose. I didn't get this guy changed. If I'd have got this guy changed, it'd have been different. But I knew the message. And I grew up on a pew in a message church, this one actually. And all those things, but that don't mean nothing. You must be born again. You must be changed from inside out. It's all got to start from the inside out. I'm going to skip through some of this. You know, Lord, change my neighbor. No, change me. It'll make you see your neighbor different. You can never change your neighbor. You're still what you were until you're actually born again of the Spirit of God. Still what you were. You can suppress it. You can push it down. You can just, like, try to hide it. But it will get out. Whatever you are will come out, I'll promise you. You're still what you were until you've actually got born again of the Spirit of God. It doesn't change you. Now, he didn't say the Spirit of God, didn't he? He's talking about the creed and the denomination, all that. Won't change you. Your creed, joining church, change your idea. Or your good intentions. Although as good as it might seem, it's still not right. There's something got to happen. The new birth is an experience. Something that takes place. And I know a lot of you are wondering, you say, well, well, do I have the new birth? Find an experience. I mean a good one. Not just a good day versus a bad day. Not just a, I got more money than I did last month. I must be born again. No, you got an experience. I mean, Well, some of you, most of you in this building, sisters, have had children, right? Right? right. So you know what I'm talking about. You know you had that baby because you had an experience. Right. Amen? Right. You were there. And what did it do? It changed your life. Well, I'll say amen anyway. You sisters don't have to. It changed your life. Start having them yangins. Change your life. So the new birth's the same way. If you get born again, it'll change your life. It'll make you have an experience. And look, something that takes place. Nail that thing down. I, Sister Ruth, she's not here and she's not feeling good. She's probably watching in, so she really don't care if I use her for an example. I'd use her if she was here anyway. <clears throat> but um, Sister Ruth and I go way back. We grew up together. And her dad was in this church, and she was a little old bitty thing in the church. And and I watched her, and, and I went away, and she kind of floated away and then back and forth. And, and the other day, last year, when we were baptizing her, you know, you can, and, and I'm just going to be, I don't know, I'm, I'm got work, I'm like Claude. I'm going to be honest with you. Were you going to lie? No, I'm going to be honest with you. She, when, when a person looks at you and goes, I'm tired. I want a change. I want something that I can put down. And she looked at me out there in the water and she looked at me. She said, this is it. Now, when she said, this is it to me, that sounded so different. What do they call it? Uh, hollow promises. We've heard of hollow promises. You know, promises that don't have anything into it. It's just something that you say at the, in the moment. 
But when somebody comes to a juncture in their life, when somebody comes to a place in their life to where, like I said, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. She was sick and tired of being pulled this way and pulled that way and pushed this way and pushed that way. She said, this is it. And when she looked at me, I said, I believe you believe that. Pretty much. I don't know. I didn't say exactly that. But I, when I looked at it, I thought, man, she really believes this time. Because there's a lot of people. I mean, come on. We baptize people three or four or five times. Don't need to. But if you want it, we'll do it. But you need to nail her down one day and say, look, this is it. So she did. So that's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a place in your time in your life where something's going to click. It's going to have to. Because you've got your normal world. Everybody with me here for a minute? Before you start going to sleep, I'm going to get to you, okay? Are you ready? We've got our normalcy, right? We've got our work. We've got our kids and husband and job and blah, 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 right? But there is something that you come in here to sit today that there is a small world inside of your big world. Everybody with me here? There's a small world inside of your big world. And that small world is the reason you're here, not the big world. All right? You've took a time out of your big world to come into this small world. But remember, that small world is worth way more than 10,000 of these other worlds. All right? Right? 10,000 worlds, man. That's your, your soul. So that's what you brought here today. You didn't bring your body here because maybe your body didn't want to come. Maybe your body's tired. Arm hurts. Everything hurts. <clears throat> but you brought your soul here today. Your soul is what we're talking to. Your soul is what God is speaking to. God is not speaking to your flesh. Because your flesh only reacts to what that guy that's inside. So you brought your little world. You brought your, li- you brought your soul here. And if that soul's worth 10,000 worlds, then let's talk to it. That's what needs to be born again. Let's don't get an anointing that just makes us feel born again. It will not stay that way because when you go out into your big world, this will dissolve into nothing and it will become the big world again. I may not ever be able to say that again, but I said it one time. But that's what you got to do. You brought your soul here. Your soul is either what drug you here or drew you here. One of the two. Isn't that the truth? You either wanted to come or you came because X, Y, Z. Kids, especially. <clears throat> got drugged to church all my life. I was drugged as a kid all my life. I drove to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. But you know what? When you get the person inside of you, when that reason to come is that you want to listen to somebody tell you about that person that's inside of you, to me, that's the connection that comes together and it can't come apart. See, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a, something that settle your soul, bring you to church, get you around other believers, and listen... We can speak our problems, and we can speak our ups and our downs. Isn't that what we're here for? That's what we're here for, to bring testimony, or to bring, I should have done this, but pray for me because this is bothering me. This this I have a problem with. If you don't have one, pray for me. I've probably got yours. Because I have them. It's called me. 
But the reason we have to be born again is because the Bible teaches us that we were born in sin. All came the same way. Shape and iniquity. Come to this world speaking lies. Then that shows us that our nature, look, our nature, that's the soul. Our nature was what? Sinful. We're no good to begin with. So we cannot claim anything by our shrewdness, sincerity, and how great we are or how little we are or whatever more. We are altogether wrong to begin with. All right? <clears throat> so you can't say, oh, you can say it, but you can't say God made me this way. You made yourself that way. God didn't make you that way. Because look, God said in the Bible, according to Joel, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All right, I'm pouring it out. You either got to receive it or reject it. One of the two. You got to make a decision. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Old man dream dreams. Young man see visions. We'll continue through this a little fast. And upon the servants and handmaids, he's not losing, leaving anybody out. He's going to pour out his spirit so that you can either receive it or you can be deceived. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So there's the Holy Ghost spread out among the whole world. If everybody, now there's 8 billion people in this world now. It's one up to 8 billion now. There's 8 billion people in this world. All 8 billion could get the Holy Ghost today if they'd want it. And God would be no less God. He'd be more happy than than he is now because everybody would accept him, but he knows that everybody's not going to. All right? So now Hebrews 9, we were talking about tabernacle this morning. There was an actual tabernacle in the wilderness that God set up that people could come to and the and the uh, high priest could come to that would not take away their sins, but it would cover them and keep God from killing them. It would keep God to where he, he didn't couldn't come down through that and kill them. That was the covering or the capo. They were covered. But God didn't want that. God wants children that he can eradicate sin, take that old nature out, and put his nature in. He wants children that act like him. And that's what he was heading toward. But he couldn't just drop Jesus down. I mean, why didn't he just bring Jesus in the Garden of Eden? You ever thought about that? Because Abraham was part of the plan. The part of the plan he saw by what? Foreknowledge. He saw all these, Isaiah, everybody had a part to play to fulfill a part of him. Everybody with me? That would fulfill a part of him. Abraham, what? Father of our faith. Moses, you'll raise up a prophet, prophet like unto me. All right? All the identifications were in the Old Testament prophets, the different ones. But remember, they looked for one to come. And Jesus stood there one day and he said, the prophets would have loved to have been in this day. But now listen, he said, but a greater is here today. I say that the same thing here. Sure, it would have been wonderful to have been in Brother Branham's day. But you know what? You'd have been real old. And you'd have had a long journey. But thank God he gave us an opportunity that we have people like Sister Cleveland and different ones that was in the that was that could tell us the scenario of what went on. Amen. 
while Brother Brown was here. But you got to catch a message of the hour inside here. Uh, to me, it's like it's like Brother uh, um, who was oh Brother Tom, your dad always say he's them old war stories. Well, everybody likes old war stories. I don't, want, but I don't want that to be part of my life. I want to have my own story. All right, this is my story. This is my song. What praising my Savior. So I want these things to be brought up present day. So today, this is present day. All right. To present day to get born again is what? Not to go into a temple, to go into a a physical building and go through one place uh, and go through another place and meet God there. That was for one man back in the Old Testament. That was for the high priest. But the Holy Ghost now, though, is signifying and using that, as we were talking about here this morning, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. And as I said again, there was, and if you don't understand it, ask a question because there, the new birth means, means that God took, took something out of you, took the old nature out of your soul and put his nature in, all right? And that could only be by the releasing of the Holy Ghost. The releasing of that spirit, right? Well, in the Garden of Eden, God could not. He released it to Adam. He released it to Eve. And they were supposed to start the family of God. Everybody with me? They were supposed to start the family of God. But God knew, as Brother Brown tells us, that God knew when he put them in flesh, they'd fall. But here he is holding Savior, Redeemer, Healer. He's going to come. See, he set that first covenant and they broke it. Listen, he sent his man of the hour, Adam, and he broke it. All right? And he knew that, but he gave him a chance. So he withheld that, that taking of the nature out and putting the nature of God in. So when Christ came on earth, he brought that nature with him. Everybody with me? And that was perfection. He knew that over here they couldn't be perfection. Bulls and goats can't perfect you. All right? Because remember, if they'd have kept, they keep making that sacrifice every year, every day. Who was it? Saul. Uh, no, Saul. Um, Solomon. There was one day when they made so many sacrifices for the people they said you couldn't even number them. They forgot how they couldn't even count them. There were so many sacrifices made when they dedicated the temple and all that. They gathered everybody together and they started confessing their sins and they just started killing animals. Well, praise God, we don't have to do that today. Praise God, we didn't have to drag a lamb in the building or a turtle dove or whatever it was or, or a cow. And but you brought yourself. Bible tells you to be a what? A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And that's what God was looking at, but he couldn't give it because of sin. But if there had been no sin, there had been no Savior. Pretty simple. If Adam would have never had a headache, there'd been no healer. There'd been no need for it. But as the need was, God had to allow him, knowing that plan would work and knowing down through the Old Testament that he could use types and shadows, but that he would have to come. 
according to Genesis 3.15, he would have to come and not just get with them, get in them. Because he was above them, he was with them, and then he was in them. That's our stage. He's in us now. It's wonderful if he's above us. It's wonderful if he's with us. I don't want him standing beside me today. Well, I'll make you quiet. Because I can be fooled. Because I'm an individual. But if I got him inside of me, if I got him inside of me, see, that will make the comer there unto perfect. Where the blood of bulls and goats couldn't. Where the blood of bulls and goats, only as Brother Brown tells us, pushes, it pushed that sin to Calvary. Well, when he got to Calvary, he said, lay it on me. I'll take it all. But, remember, their position, as we were talking about this morning, their position was they can't be made perfect without the bride being made perfect first. How you going to make the attendance perfect before you make your bride perfect? Everybody with me? The bride's got to be perfect first because she's part of him. She is him. As Eve was part of Adam back in the Garden of Eden. So we're just rolling right back to the right back to the same place that we were start, that we started from. We're just not we're coming by sex now, but by sex to get our body here, and then by spiritual multiplication to get our soul redeemed. That puts the two together, and if we if we have to pass away, that's oh, this is because of the fall. But you can't blame this staying the way it is. Because of the fall. I'm talking about your soul. When I do this, I'm talking about your soul. The inner being of you. The one that, the motivator. The one that makes you do the things that you do. Alright? <clears throat> they could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So in other words, make a sacrifice, still a sinner. Make a sacrifice, still a sinner. But Christ being made a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. What? His flesh. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once the holy place, having obtained, look, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. He had to get it. His body was not eternal. He was not a complete eternal person. Right? He had a body. It wasn't a sinful body. But it was made to come into this sinful world to take on mine and your sin and then he was perfected and eternal after he'd come out of the grave. You know, every person that's passed on is going to do the same thing. All those that have passed on, folks, they're not coming back to do something, something, something. They're coming back with an eternal body. Their death has done nothing but just put them in a place of holding and waiting till we come to perfection on this side. And when we do, they're just going to step over here. And we're not going to have to uh, speak nothing to them. They're done. They're complete. They're finished. We don't have to speak their new body. They're just going to come right back into here, pick up their body. They're ready to go. How much more shall the blood of Jesus or Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, 
that by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, first testament, old testament, all right, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. New testament, the new testament in my blood. Where a testament is, there must be a death of that testator. So Jesus stood and he said, look, I'm the New Testament. I'm going to give you this new way. Remember, I've been reading to you where Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. It was all new. That's why Nicodemus had a problem with it. It was all new. That's why, listen, today, if this is all new to you, that's okay. You must be born again. That don't change that. But it can be a new way. How can you tell the world that just, if you're just a good Baptist, I mean, man, you can just, you shake their hand and and you sign your name and member in good standing and you ain't got to go to church no more. Once saved, always saved. Some of y'all already doing that. Um, but anyway. But what about this new way, though, that we're talking about? Bring that person and send them in here and say, look, man, you've got to be justified. Well, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I was saved. You can't, you, and you can't deny that. They did. But you've got to go on with God. There's more to that. There's way more to that. There's a whole New Testament to that. What we're going to talk about, Paul says, grow up. Desiring the sin, sin, milk of the world, but then growing on up we're going to get to that going on up this way. <clears throat> so we know, as Brother Bob, was, we were talking about this morning, Hebrews 11, verse 39, and these all, all that whole hall of faith in the Old Testament, they obtained a good report through faith. They received not the promise. Listen, the promise was you're going to live eternally in a flesh body. That is your promise. I don't care about no other promise. Oh, yeah, there's others. There's anointings. But if you're not born again, if you don't receive the promise that God said, you're going to live here eternally in a body that's got flesh on it. And it's your flesh. It's not somebody else's. See, that's another thing. You take somebody from a a denomination and you bring them in here and say, look, man, what do you think I'm going to get? Well, I listen. I have experienced that. I went to church with a guy one time, Mark Gunner. He just got saved, and he was a Baptist, and I mean, he was just, I wish some of y'all had a little bit of that. He was just so excited. He wanted me to go to church with him and listen to this brother preach. Well, this brother gets up and preaches. Well, this is what he preaches on. He preaches on when um, Samson... They made him mad, remember? Samson had a little bit of a temper. They made Samson mad, so instead of uh, killing a bunch of people, he just took a couple of foxes. Read your Bible. He tied their tails together and set them on fire and sent them out through the wheat field. Well, they just burned all their wheat up. Oh, they were mad. Well, he was preaching on that, how that God would do that with you. You know, he'll light the tail of a fox and send it through your life and he just burn everything up. But we got outside, and I knew he had a rough voice. I've been around smokers all my life. He had this gruff voice, you know. It just, it just didn't come from just their mom and daddy. It came from Camel and Pall Mall and, and, and Marlboro, you know, the Marlboro man. <clears throat> 
So he goes out as soon as he walks out the door. I mean, he's, you know, laying that pack of cigarettes out and he goes to smoking. And one of the brothers did say, well, now, and he got the coughing. He got the coughing. I mean, he was just coughing, coughing, coughing. I think daddy went with me. But he was coughing and we were kind of giggling at him. He was coughing, though, and he couldn't get, somebody would say something to him. He was like, <coughs> you know, couldn't get, couldn't get nothing but smoke out. And somebody said, well, brother, I ain't going to call his name, but brother so-and-so said, 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 you're going to die if you don't quit smoking. And this is what he said. He put that cigarette in his mouth. And he said, I ain't worried about this body because I'm going to get me a new one. And that's been probably 15 years ago. He may not be seeing that at the moment. But that's his whole thing was, it doesn't matter what I do with this one. In other words, somehow it got detached from my Christian experience. And I'm going to get this new one. God's going to just throw me another one in there because this one I abused. No, wrong answer, Ghost Rider. Nope. No, you're attached to your flesh. And you're going to be with your flesh until you either go to hell or go to heaven. But listen, that's a doctrine. That's a doctrine that they put on the people that it's okay if you drink a little smoke a little you know because this body we're just going to throw it out you know and get us another one no the bible says if you abuse this thing you're going to have trouble hebrews 11 verse 39 said these all having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise the promise of eternal life in their soul god having some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. But they're going to be made perfect. I believe when we come to perfection, wherever they are, they're going to come to perfection too. All right? So you can fill in the blanks ever how you want to. I just know there's one thing the Bible says. They're not, full, they're not fully matured yet. That's what the Bible just said. They without us. So... Basically, they can't get anywhere without us getting somewhere first. And like I said before, God has bestowed everything on this bride. Best of the best. Best ministers. Best teaching. Best message. Best people to listen. Best people to talk to. Best people to fellowship with. That's his people. That's his bride. So he's not going to give us second. He's giving us first. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. There's your promise. For the promise, what? Of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And unto you, your children, and all them that are far off, that's me, even as me and the Lord our God shall call. Brother Brown in blasphemous names, he said, look, the reason that there's so much confusion today about the Holy Spirit is not correctly taught. I believe if the baptism is taught, just say baptism, just like you say automobile. But listen, there's a lot more to an automobile than just saying automobile. That's pretty much what he was saying because, look, and when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot goes with that. Hmm, see? There's a lot goes with that. And here is what I think that God is proving. He's proving the Holy Spirit is here. What is he saying? The Holy Spirit saying through Brother Branham, listen to what I got to say. Because this is the Holy Spirit talking to you. 
without him puffing up and saying, you got to listen to me, bless God. No, you didn't have to. But it just was the vessel that God wanted to use at the time to get the message to us. I thank God for that. He could have just left us hanging. He could have just said, hey, like what Brother Brown say? I'm going to try to find that quote. Brother Brown said, if I was God, I'd tell you one time. He said, I wouldn't tell you no more. I'd tell you one time, and if you didn't do what I said, then out you go. Well, praise God, God didn't do that. He's given us 60-something years to get this thing right. Starting with the new birth. Now, here's Ezekiel. Therefore, saying to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but I I do not for your sake, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. Uh, that's us. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you. See, I didn't get to it this morning, but what cleans your uncleanness? If I may say it that way. When, when we get to that scenario where the unclean spirit's gone out of you, why? Something has been hired to come in and clean your house. Amen. And he's not a hireling, I know that. But something has come in. There's a there's a there's something come in. There's surf pro or somebody like that has come in. You behind you become a mess. You stink. You're full of smoke. Everybody know what surf pro is? Right. When something happens, some ca- catastrophe, something burns down, they come in and, man, they supposedly put the thing back to where you don't even smell smoke and all that stuff. Well, you know what? That's God. Amen. God's my sir, pro. Yes, sir. Call him up. Amen. Say, hey, yes. clean my house out. Because, listen, you got to want it. Yes. He's not going to just walk in and say, I'm cleaning this out. No, I wish you'd have done it to me 30-something years, 40 years ago. But it wasn't time because he's a gentleman. And I had to ask him, can you come into my heart? Can you come and clean me up? Because I'm a mess. I've tried. I, I might have wiped a little off over here or, or, or dabbed a little over here. Or, 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 you know, water will clean you a little bit, but it takes a little soap and scrubbing to get the rest of it off, right? Okay, so you try to do that. But there's a time when you just say, God... I'm just a burning mess, and I want to get rid of all this. So that's who comes in and burns out that unclean spirit, okay? All right? So the unclean spirit goes out. Why? Because something comes in and burns it out. But remember, it burns it out, and then it waits on you. It waits on you to decide that that person stays or leaves. You with me? You understand what I'm talking about? Because if not, if he leaves, then it's empty, Bible says, and then those seven devils come back and they enter into your house. All right? Make you a lot worse. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. What is our land? Listen, we Gentiles don't have a piece of land. Amen? Israel literally has a piece of land. Brother George Smith asked me the other day, he, you know, he was up at the, at the, in Tennessee, and he asked me, he said, hey, why don't you go to Israel with me? I said, 
I said, how much is it? And he told me, you know, $8,000 or something like that, you know. I said, George, I think I'll just wait and go over there for free. He looked at me and I said, you know, I'll go over there in the millennium. I won't need an airplane ticket. I can just travel like a thought. And I said, you know what? The Mosque of Omar is going to be gone because, you know, it gets blown up. The Mosque of Omar is going to be gone. Really don't care about the thing anyway because it's a Muslim deal. It ain't a Christian deal. I said, so I'll just be able to walk over there. And I said, I'll promise you, they won't be an AK-47 pointing at me either. They won't be a Palestinian wanting to lob a bomb at me. So I think I'll just wait and go to the millennium. If y'all want to, we'll all just get together and we'll have a little tour bus thing. We'll just have a tour. We'll go through. But they literally have a land. Israel is promised that square piece, or not square, that long piece of real real estate. I'm talking about real land. God given that. That's their promised land. See, our promised land is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we take it where we go. And it doesn't cost a dime to get there and it doesn't cost a dime to have it. But he promised these people of his a piece of property. And that's going to be there forever. Eternity. That's where the new city is, Brother Ram said, right? Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart. So we started with a stony heart. I'll take it out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Okay, now he's going to give you a what? Right here, he's going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. All right? Everybody with me? That is your sanctification. The justification is the new heart. You do get a new way. Listen, if, if you knew that you had, I'm not going to ask for people, raise your hands, but some people can accumulate parking tickets, you know, and all kind of stuff. So I'm not looking at anybody. It's, I'm just... I'm just not looking at anybody that's got on a pink top that's sitting next to Boyd. Um, but but we're just family. We just confess our sins. <laughs> Regina said, leave me alone. But, you know, we accumulate, we, we accumulate all these things, and they're against us, and they're against our account, and you can't get rid of them. You got to go to for a judge, right? But what about if? <laughs> Please do this. What if you could go before the judge and the judge says, "What are you doing here? What sins are you talking about? Would that not make you feel so liberated? It sure would, boys. Bank accounts, that's for sure. But it would make you feel." <laughs> We're just family. And it would make you feel so lit, wouldn't it? Uh, come on. If you had this load of debt on you, I don't care what it is, X, Y, Z, parking tickets. I, you know what? I didn't really remember that, but now, anyway, parking tickets, debt of your house, you know, debt, debt of this, debt of sin. And you know what? It don't just come on you. It stays on you. That burden stays with you all the time. Especially parking tickets that you can see the, you know, the stack, stack of them like this. 
But you can, but you can get free from that. You can get free from that. Go before the judge and say, I'm sorry. If you'll help me with this right here, I won't do it no more. If you'll help me with this right here. But now, God forbid, if you help, if God helps you with this right here and you do it again. Right? I mean, we might do other things wrong, but when I, when I got that load of sin, I knew I was X, Y, Z. You can put whatever you were X, Y, Z, but my X, Y, Z was ever what I did back 20 years in my, in my sinning life. But to know that God will not ever remember that again. Man, that ought to perk you up. That ought to, just that. Just that. Not the part where he puts the Holy Ghost inside and makes you eternal. It's just that part where you say, God, I got this load of debt on me. And now it's gone. He gives you a new spirit. To be able to deal with it. I'll take away your stony heart. I'll take away your debt. I'll take away your load of sin. And although this may be simple, but let me tell you something. If we can't get down to where we 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 know that God has forgiven us, then what did we what did we been talking about, uh, brotherly kindness? If you can't forgive sin from your brother, God can't forgive you or your parking ticket or whatever it is. God can't forgive you that. Wow. So how liberating is that? Lord, forgive my brother. But Lord, as I forgive my brother, don't forget me. Don't forget me. I'm standing here, Lord, in need of something to move forward in my life. I need you. I can't do it, but you can. I want something to move me forward in my life. I want something for you to move forward in. Don't let the weight of sin. What did Paul tell us? The weight of sin that what so easily besets us. Let us run with patience this race. It's a lot easier to run without a 50-pound pack on your back. Amen? Some of y'all has been in the military, boy, like Brother Andre said. I mean, he carried a pack, and Brother Donnie also, and some of you have been in the military. They put a 50-pound pack on you. Is it 50? 50 or more on your back. Well, you've been, Sister, Sister Mary, bless your heart. And, and, boy, when that thing is lifted off of you, you feel like you can run another 10 miles and, and about that high off the ground. Why? Because that load's been lifted off of you. Let's start unloading. Remember I told you the quote the other day about the camel? Brother Brown said we load that camel down so much till he's bow-legged. He said unload. A Christian's supposed to unload. Listen, we're the only ones that know how to unload. This world... That's why they're crazy. They can't unload their burdens. It just keeps piling on and piling on. And they go over here to get help, and that person needs help. They go to this physician and find out that physician needs help. He's seeing a psychiatrist. Your psychiatrist is seeing a guy psychiatrist, you're in trouble. 
It's like somebody being a divorce counselor and being married three or four times. And I will put my spirit within you. Here's the key. He's going to put him eternal life inside of you. And listen, and once he deposits it in there, it can never come out. He attaches. I like what Brother Ernie said. We have attached ourselves to the eternal. We were not eternal to begin with. Our soul was dead. But by regeneration and by us giving our heart to God and getting that load of sin out and having that thing cleaned out, everything cleaned out of us, we have asked the eternal to come inside something that's not eternal. And not just, not just anoint me, Brother John, but live in me. Live in me. And I believe that's why Brother Brown, that's why one of the things he came to tell us, that he said, when your hand moved, God hand moved. When your foot moved, God's foot moved. That's how close it is. It's not like Jesus is over there and he's controlling everything. No, he's inside controlling everything. Working from the inside out. He's still working on me. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you. There's a rudder. Cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now that was in the Old Testament according to Ezekiel. But praise God, that same my stood on the day of Pentecost and came into a group of believers and didn't do away with the Old Testament but brought a New Testament in. Brought church ages and brought the Gentile age to where now we have a homeland. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Our land is what you're walking in. Possess ye your soul. Praise God. So justification, therefore being justified by faith. You've got to believe, just like I said, you've got to believe that your sins are gone. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you all know if, if you read your Bible, John 3 is where Jesus says you must be born again. John 3, 3, when he starts with Nicodemus. He gets down to John three sixteen and he just lets her have it. He says, for God so loved this world till he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, let me ask you a question. Brother Brown told us that Nicodemus and Gamaliel never became bride, they, but they will be given eternal life for their stand. That's what it is right there. They might not have believed him as, as so much as the Savior, but they believed on him, and they should not perish, and they're going to get everlasting life for taking their stand with the Word of God as much as they can see. That's why I said, folks, we can't, we can't say it's me, me, me for no more. No, there's a lot of people going to make it that you probably didn't think was going to make it. And there's a lot of people that's not going to make it because I'm going to read you. If I ever get to it, I'm going to read you one where they come up to Jesus and say, Have I not cast out devils in your name? Have I not done mighty works? I just weren't a church pew sitter. I preached. He said, Depart from me. I never knew you. You never let me in your soul. You let me in your spirit. You let me anoint your flesh. But you never let me inside your soul. You never let me have an intimate relationship with you. And boy, wow. 
He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we know justification. We come to water baptism. Sanctification. Now this is where he gives you a new heart. And a lot of things happen in sanctification that really puts you toward, uh, Brother Brown says, you. in other words, your name is, is put on a book. All right? Then remember, it's transferred because Judas' name was on the book. It was erased. It was never transferred as we were talking about. Uh, Sister Anna had a question about Judas. Listen, the only thing difference in Judas and us is one thing. He didn't make it to Pentecost. We know that. But there's one thing. God knew his heart. God knew our heart. And God knew the disciples' heart. So he made it available in that upper room for those people to go and receive the Holy Ghost. And Brother Brown said if, if, if um, Judas would have made it to Pentecost, he was already justified and sanctified by the Lord himself. But he didn't go on because God knew his heart. His heart was, a, heart was a deceiving heart. It was deception. That's what killed him. So anyway, sanctification. So he gives you a new heart. He gives you a new way. He, it, Brother Brown says one day, sometimes, he said, you, were, you become a part of a religious order. Boy, you don't want to stay that, people. You want to be bride. You don't want to be a religious order. A religious order will put you in hell. First Thessalonians says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So God wants you to be saying, listen, he won't dwell in a what? Unclean vessel. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Matthew 12. Verse 43 says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, we've already talked about that, that unclean spirit wants to come back because he feels comfortable. We want him to be the most uncomfortable thing in the world. We, you don't want him back. Listen, if you'll take the washing of the water of the word, though, he won't come back. Satan hates the word. He hates it. He hates the anointing that goes with the pure word of God. Now, I'm not talking about all this other junk. But he hates that. He can't stand it. He couldn't stand Jesus. So when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeks rest, find none. Then he say, I will come into my house. See, he's even got still control over you. My house. Hmm. From whence I came out, and when he had come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. In other words, cleaned up. Then he goes and takes seven more spirits, more wicked than himself, and enters in. And what? dwells there and the last state of that man is worse than the first even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation john seventeen seventeen says jesus praying he says sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent me into the world now watch as thou hast sent me into the world even though i even also i have sent them into the world all right like i said many times before he he didn't pray that lord you take them out of the world He's praying to cover them while they're in the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. <clears throat> Do I need to read these again? We ever one fit in every one of these. Such were some of you. But you're washed. But you're sanctified. 
you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now let's start just for a minute with the birth. This is where he says, I'll put my spirit. Wake up. I'm not going to say it that low again. My spirit. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Matthew 3, verse 11. This is Jesus speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. No, I'm John speaking. But they're reiterating what he's saying. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, comma, and with fire. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Little licks of fire. Now, if we were able to follow that lick of fire, because you only got so much commentary that you can write. That was written by Luke, right? Luke wasn't there. Okay? But there's licks of fire over every one of the people. Well, what happened to those licks of fire? They didn't just fly out the window. They went right down in those people and stayed there. And that burning fire stayed with them till they passed away. Hey, you know, you got the Holy Ghost, that burning fire that you got when you were born again. It's still supposed to be in there. John 14, verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Now, here's Jesus identifying who he is and what he's sending and what he's going to do. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now, that's his job. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Acts 1 verse 4. Says, Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, 11 days from there they received the Holy Ghost. When they therefore were come together, they asked him and said, Lord, wilt thou also at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They didn't even know what he's talking about. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Look, but you shall receive power. Amen. Dunamis, dynamite power. That's a word, dunamis. But you shall receive power after. After that the Holy Ghost. Is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me ask you a question real quick. Everybody is an individual. If somebody were to one-on-one, let's just say somebody walked in off the street and he says, and he or she says, hey, how'd you get what you got? You say you've got this Holy Ghost. You say you've got the new birth. How'd you get it? Could you take them in that room and explain to them your experience? If you can't, you haven't got that experience. Brother Brown said, tell them how your fire got lit. Well, guess what? That's how my fire got lit. That's my fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Yes. Acts 2 verse 4, it says, They were all filled 
with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. Acts 19, verse 1, here we go again about being in Paul. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So see, as in justification, you believe. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that he took away your sin. You believe that he took your load off. All right? Then you believe unto sanctification that he is cleaning you up. Because listen, let me explain something to you that's been explained many times before. Uh, you hear many people, sometimes they say, I know I'm born again because I quit smoking. I know I'm born again because I quit drinking. I don't lust. I don't do this. I don't do that. That's not even got anything to do with the new birth. Nothing. No. You can quit that and be just as black as sut in your soul. You can will yourself to quit smoking. Right? You can will yourself to do a lot of things. But when you know that the person that caused you to do them doesn't have a hold on you anymore, that's when you know something's happened. That's when you know that you that grip. Please, people, wake up for a second. Listen, that grip that whatever that was had on you. I don't like it. It's a grip, and it's got you, and you're trying to get away from it, and it's bringing you back. You're trying to get away from lusting or drinking. Or, you're trying to get and it's going. It's a grip. It's got you all gripped up. You ever get the new birth, that grip, that grip will be gone. That grip. Listen, that grip will be gone if you get the unclean spirit out of you. But it's got a chance to come back. So you can't say, uh, well, listen to what Brother Ram said. You know, he said, he said, he said in the sermon, he said, you know, smoking, drinking, cussing, that's not sin. Remember that woman asked him afterwards, come up to him afterwards and said, pray tell, Brother Branham. Well, that, I've been told since I was a kid that was sin. He said, no. He said, sin's unbelief. There's only one sin. And why you're, the reason you're doing all the X, Y, Z is because you don't believe God's strong enough to take it away from you. You don't believe, you don't have enough faith that that God that you won't or might want can't take it away from you. How about that? Are we good? I want that grip to be gone. Hey, listen, he's got enough grip on me in the spirit realm. Listen, he don't stop. I didn't say it went away and it never came back. I'm just telling you that thing that kept trying to pull you out, it's not there anymore. Now, he may try something else. He's a good devil. He's a good devil. He's persistent. But if you receive the Holy Ghost since you believed what you believe, that's my question to you. I'm not asking 2,000 years ago. I'm asking you now. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Under what were you baptized? And they said, John. <clears throat> then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Now watch. He put John in his place. John had a ministry. Paul was not denying that John had a ministry. He knew what that ministry was, but he placed it right here. All right. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is Christ Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Romans 5 verse 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Ephesians 4 verse 29 said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of your redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgive you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Look, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's what we've been trying to do today. All right. <clears throat> but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Listen, religion was foolish. When I was in the world, I didn't care. It was foolish that people had to go to church and people did this and people did that. I come to find out they wanted to. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Let's read this right here and then we'll close. This is church order, 1958. Brother Brown says, we believe in justification by faith. Romans 5 verse 1. We believe that after a person being justified by faith, he has peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's possible that this same person could have habits such as drinking, smoking, and doing things that he should not do, filthy habits of the flesh. Then we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ sanctifies this person for the service of the Lord. And that we believe in sanctification according to Hebrews thirteen twelve and 13. Or Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. And we believe that sanctification is taught in the New Testament. Okay? Listen, you couldn't get sanctified in the Old Testament. No. You had that same dirty, unclean spirit inside of you. God was just so gracious to cover that until Christ died. Knowing your heart. Twain knew David's heart. He knew David didn't want to sin, but David didn't have something to take it away. And we believe that sanctification is taught in the New Testament and meant for the believers through the New Testament age, which we're now living. And we also believe that after the person has been sanctified, unclean habits has gone from that person. And he's a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, and his habits are gone. Now, he's not born again yet, though. We believe that he is a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A candidate which comes as a filling of the believer. And when the believer is just as many times as I've taught it, like picking up a glass out of a chicken yard. Justification is picking the glass up. There's a purpose in God's heart to use it. That's what God does to a sinner. He's still filthy. Then he is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the word sanctified is a compound word which means cleaned and set aside for service. In the Old Testament, the altar sanctified the vessel and it was set aside for service. 
We believe that the Holy Spirit is putting that same vessel in service. So the Holy Ghost is what? It's putting you in service. It's making you a living, breathing instrumentality or a temple of the Holy Ghost. And then next Wednesday night we'll talk about anointings because after that we got, if we're born again, then, then everything after that is a growth development. All right? Let's stand to our feet. It's anointings. It's things that we need, like gifts of the Spirit, like the nine spiritual gifts and all those different things. We need those. That is part of your Christian journey. But it, and it's given to you, but you don't know how to use it. Everybody with me? Because Paul says, desiring the sincere milk of the Word, that what we may grow thereby. Know how to use those anointings, because remember, power without character is satanic. We need that anointing, obviously. We need it. But it can anoint you, and you'd be lost as lost can be. But listen, but power with character. Virtues with the Holy Ghost. God can use you. He absolutely can use you. Listen, we've been used by the devil long enough. Pray for me if it's not y'all. We have been used by the devil long enough. Let's turn some of that effort over to let God use us. Open yourself up and say, God, here I am, Lord. Said me. That voice kept calling his name. He just finally was Isaiah. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Jeremiah, I sanctified you before you come out of your mama. Because I know what you're going to do when you get here. You're going to help me condemn this whole nation of Israel. And you're going to help me call the people out. So what's happening now? The Lord Jesus knows there's a group of people that he's called out to call a people out, to grow and get bigger, learn more. Teach me, Lord, to wait. You know why? You need to be taught. Sing a song. But the Holy Ghost is the most important thing you'll ever get in your life. Nothing else is the most important but that. Once you get that, get up and walk with God. Let's sing a song. God bless you. Born again, there's really been a change. Me. Born again, just like Jesus About three years ago, I was redoing some modeling, remodeling the kitchen. So I'm putting this kitchen cabinets up. My brother wanted to do it for me. And it's, it, 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 I could see that when you do things, whatever you need to do, it needs to be your revelation, at least to know what you're doing and know what's happening. And uh, the cabinet, I kept looking at them. I said, these cabinets 
They're not stable. They're going to fall off the wall. Because they're all right. They're all right. Just let them. Just leave them there. Thursday, Friday, I was in the kitchen fixing some cheese toast. And I looked up. And the cabinet's about this far from my head. And I was able to push it away by the power of God. I'm not that fast and not that strong. But I was able to push it, and it's only got scratches on my arm from here down to my wrist temporarily. And it brushed my chin and the side of my head. But it didn't didn't skin this or nothing. It didn't. I wear a plate so it knocked it kind of loose. But the thing about it is, when you know what you know, you got to live by it. And so when we come to church, we come to to live, to reign, to understand what is real and what is true. If if you don't get the revelation of what's real, Anything can happen to you. That's right, brother. And I, I, I realized that he want to redo my cabinets again. I told him no. I don't know what it costs to get them done, but I want somebody to do it that know what they're doing. Yeah. So we we come to church and we hear preaching. All we want somebody to know what they're preaching. That's right. And exactly. if 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 they if they don't have a revelation, they can't give you one. That's right. That's right. And he didn't know he didn't know he was doing them cabinets. They was better off with me to put them up, or just leave them sitting in the floor. <laughs> At least they wouldn't have crushed my head almost. So I I just want to say I'm trying to follow the Lord, and that's the way I want things to be done. Everything according to God right. is real. And, and just keep going and keep reading the Bible, yep. the prophet's message. Amen. Right. And right. so I, I, I do, I try to read a lot. Sometimes things get, I get sleepy reading at home too. But I go back and read it over. Right. God's word is real. Amen. And time as you look around us, it's very short. It just everything the prophet said would happen is taking place, and so we just got to do that. And that's all I just want to say. I thank the Lord that everything came out all right. Yes, and so just pray for me. Amen. That's all. Amen. Yeah, I'd find me another cabinet maker. Somebody knew what they was doing. Let's say. Born again has really been a change in me. Born again just like Jesus said. Yes, Lord, amen. Calvary I'm so glad that I've been born again 
change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. I'm born again, and all because of Calvary. Oh, I'm so glad that I've been born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. We're born. There's really been a change in me. Amen. Yes, sir. Change in me. I'm born again, just like Jesus said. I'm born again, and all because. Really been a change in 
You're going to go with God or the devil. He's going to always lie. God's going to always tell the truth. He's going to bring you to the truth, show you the truth, but you've got to make yourself available for that truth. So the problems we have in life a lot of times, we think we're the only one that, that has that problem. No. we got a church full of them. And we got a church full of believers, though, that are believing with everyone else. Brothers and sisters, you're never alone. As long as I'm standing here, you'll never be alone. As long as some of our brothers and sisters are out there, you'll never be alone. Don't you think Satan is going to, he's going to cut you from the herd. That's his job. The wolf's job is to cut you from the herd. Because if you stay in the herd, he's not going to bother you. But if he ever cuts you from the herd, don't let him cut you from the herd. You stay glued into this. You stay plugged in to the deacons and elders and different ones here that can help you. Don't ever get away from us. Stay right here. I'll go through the same thing that you go through. You go through the same. We got people. We ain't all perfect. That's for sure. But we got a perfect God that we can just listen to what he says. But don't ever tell the devil. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're alone. No one's listening. I want him to listen to what I'm fixing to say. Boo. Boo. Boo, devil. I want you to listen to me. If you're going to be here, you're going to listen. Boo. These people will. You're a winner either way. I don't care. You bring all your list of troubles you want to. We'll pray for every one of them. But the devil is going to have to back up to the bride. He has no power. Jesus said, I'll give you power once the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He never gave that power to the devil. He gave that uh, devil an anointing, sure, but he never gave him power. The power is in his bride. And he's transferred it from us, from him to us. Amen. You got to believe that. And you're not alone. I promise you, you're not alone. Know that you're born again. Know that you know. And if somebody tells you you're not, probably going to be the devil. Okay? Because even God's positive enough to say, hey, if you'll hang around here long enough, I'm going to birth you. I'm not going to lose you. I'm not going to lose you. The devil would love to lose you. But God will never lose you. He'll never leave you and never forsake you. You love the Lord? Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for touching us today. Lord, thank you for giving us purpose for living. And I pray, Lord, that that you would bring sunshine to our life, Lord. There's many clouds of doubt and different things that that fall over us. And uh, as the prophet of God said, foggy. We get all this foggy memory. <clears throat> Lord, I met, let our memory be clear that you are our Father. You are our healer. You're our Savior. You're our Redeemer. You're everything that we need. And Lord, if a little cloud comes over, let us realize one thing's for sure. Up through that cloud, the sun's still shining. And Lord, let us and help us lift above that cloud. Let us lift above the doubt and fear that comes as, Lord, 
in the night or in the, uh, when we're away from each other and, and, and Lord, when we're by ourselves, Lord, I pray that you would come and anoint each one of us, Lord, with a, a superpower that will keep that devil away from us all. That will raise up, Lord, in your honor and glory and, and grow up in God with his stature of a perfect man behind us, Lord. We don't want it to stay on that wall. We want it to see it. We want to see it walking. We want to see it living. We want to see it go out and get in the car. We want to see it come to church on Sunday and on Wednesday. We want to see it, Lord, when we meet on the street. We want to see that stature of a perfect man, not just here while we're at church. And, Lord, I pray that you'll be with us. Sanctify us again, Lord. Give us the washing of the water of the word, Lord. Pour it in that all the trash may come out and that we'll be a living, moving instrumentality of you. Lord, the only God the world's going to see until you stand here in judgment. And, oh, God, I don't want to see you in judgment. I want to see you in mercy and grace. Lord, you're a righteous judge. You've judged our sins and took them away. And, Lord, I pray that others will find the same thing and that we'll see you, Lord, and that the Holy Spirit will rule and reign in all of our hearts and that we'll truly know that we are born again. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all the things that you give us. Thank you for your bride, Lord. Be with each one as we come back together on Wednesday night, Lord, and Brother Keith coming the next weekend. We pray that you'd be with them, Father. Be with everyone, Lord, that's here that sings, uh, that does music, sings a song, song leaders, elders, deacons, ministers. Lord, we appreciate every one of them, Lord. We thank you for the things that you've given us, Lord. Just be with us now as we go along the highway. Just sanctify us, Lord, for this journey that we're on. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.